This is Do We Like Movies. It's a podcast where two guys review individual movies, sequels, and occasional television shows. In this show, we talk about our experiences with them, and we answer the question, Do we like this movie? Like movies. I'm your host Angel, and I'm your cardboard host Javi. <laughs> All right, guys, we're finally here. Episode 150. Man, we took a long way to get here. So, we, man, we apologize, y'all. <laughs> well, especially because we were supposed to do this one last week, and the problem is, unfortunately, your boy finally got COVID after three years, and Damn, uh, we were ducking it too. I know. I've, I'm probably, you know, among the last people I know that have had it, so that hadn't had it yet. So, um, it was hard for me to record last week because, you know, like I was getting winded just having conversations. So, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think I was ready to talk about Twilight for an hour plus last week. It's true. You feel like COVID makes you feel the most out of shape. You're just like, I can talk. <laughs> just like heavy breathing. <laughs> it doesn't help that I was literally like about to write, get right back into working out. And like I had already signed up for like, you know, like a new like uh, place to train at. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, COVID hits like instantly. And I was supposed to do it last week, and now it's like the second week, and I don't see myself doing this for at least another week. Yeah, well, there goes another year of me trying to get in shape. Oh, well. Yeah. Might as well hone it in on this year, too. All right, so here we are. Episode 150, we are doing Twilight. I don't think many people expected our 150th episode to be Twilight. I don't think that I expected our 150th episode to be Twilight. I, look, there are they have been people that have been requesting us to do the entire Twilight series. And uh, I don't know if I have the stamina to do that entire series at this point in time. Not but all we definitely, once, yeah. <laughs> but we definitely, you know, figured, hey, special episode... All of our 50 years episodes have kind of like recently been Batman related. <laughs> I mean, this, this is, is it's that... not totally unrelated because Robert Pattinson is Batman now. <laughs> the Pattinson, if you will. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is a, it's a it's it's us finally reviewing one that we promised listeners that we were going to do for some time. So. And don't uh, worry, Velocipaster fans, you guys just keep being vocal, and I swear we'll get to that movie, <laughs> just like the Twilight people. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is a 2008 movie based on a series of books by Stephanie Meyer, and I hate that it does this. I hate that it does this, but I think because of the time that it was coming out at, I kind of lumped this in with those, like... You know, those other like what are divergent? Yeah, divergent. What's the other one with Katniss Everdeen? Goodness. Um Wow, we're we're old. We're old guys. Well, we were old guys when this stuff was coming out. Well, you weren't. Yeah. (laughs) Then you sucked my youth out of me. (laughs) Listen, I was in college I was well in college when this was uh Hunger Games, Jesus Christ. Yeah, there we go. Hunger Games. Even kind of Harry Potter, I think. But Harry Potter was like the one that actually did hit when I was still in high school. The Mm -hmm. rest of these are like, I wasn't in high school anymore. So I didn't really have a reason to read these books (laughs) or be that interested in them. I didn't even Um, have a reason to read. (laughs) Like a lot of these, this movie really, you know, pop culture is what made it very big. You know, it was just a big movie in pop culture. And, um, you know, the series, once the once like all the other movies started coming out, it had kind of become like a huge thing. So, uh, yeah, I didn't watch this. This is my first time maybe ever seeing this movie from start to finish. Oh, really? 
Yeah. This is like my second or third time watching it, I think. Okay. I, I and, though, and weird enough, the movies in this franchise that I have seen are the fourth and fifth installment. Like <laughs> the last movies of the series. Yes. Well, you know, my my then girlfriend, now wife, we, I took her to like the movies to watch the last couple ones and I, fuck if I know what was actually going on in those movies because I had missed everything else. So mm-hmm. um, you're yeah. like too busy trying to cut the hole at the bottom of the popcorn, and <laughs> you're you're a filth monster. I don't know what it is today. I just came in hot with all the filthiness. You just showed up on demon time. <laughs> I showed up like horny. Javi came out to play. Showed up horny like Bella Swan in this. My goodness. <laughs> She, oh my, she was down Beninsky's, that's for sure. I need to, okay, so this, again, uh, we can start getting into, well, I guess I could ask you, you know, what's your experience with the first time you watched this movie? Okay, so like everyone else, I was a, I was a misanthropic teenager that was like, this movie's probably gonna suck. It's obviously not meant for me. And I remember I had my niece. She really liked the series because I think she was like entering high school. She was getting into like this whole fantasy romance novel. And I remember she stayed the weekend with us one year, like for I forgot what holiday. And my dad was like, "What do high school girls like?" I'm like, "I'm fucking." Oh my god, I didn't have a girlfriend all through high school. I was scared of girls. <laughs> so I'm like, what am I supposed to know? So this was back in the days of ye old red box. I went and I rented Twilight. And she was down. She's like, yeah, let's watch it. I'm like, all right, cool, because I've never seen it. So I watched it and, you know, went completely with the blank slate. And I remember the first time I watched it and I was like, wow, this movie sucks. <laughs> i'm trying really hard not to let that initial viewing of this movie taint my um taint my my experience this time around but there will i will give you guys spoilers there is a lot of things that 17 year old javi and 31 year old javi both agree sucked in this movie (laughs) and it was hard because i remember i think the reason why i was super hard on this movie was because of the fact that 2007 30 days of night came out and that was such a great like horror vampire movie and then you got this and it's like i had to tell myself this is a good movie as long as you replace the word vampire with some other monster name yeah there's nothing necessarily vampiric about this except you know except, except the core theme of sucking blood you take out that one yeah thing. like there's a, they, they made it a big deal that there's no these guys don't die and so i remember be, the one thing that i was just like oh this is lame i'm not gonna be into it is i did hear hey it's they're they're guys that are like they don't have fangs like you know vampires have fangs they don't die in sunlight you know they 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 just spark oh, the biggest one that was people were like oh spare sparkly vampires sparkly vampires <laughs> and that, that was just like you know the way to thumb your nose like <laughs> at this movie was to talk about it being about sparkly vampires and now, but... that, make, now that makes me think of uh grim adventures of billy and mandy where you find out grim is friends with blackula and blackula's like blackula don't bot victims blackula scrape and then lick I'm like, ew. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, like, they don't even... The villains in this are more vampiric than the actual, like, protagonists. But, I mean, there's certain things. There's the idea of being the brood, you know, the vampire brood that Bella will eventually find herself hanging out with. And then there is, like, the idea that these people have been for some unexplained reason returning to high school over and over and over again. And I I think cause we just talked about it not very long ago, but you know, we did do let the right one in on this podcast, like some time ago. And there are certain parts of it where like, I mean, it does remind me of it. The fact that you're like in this really cold climate, 
not as cold as the Swedish village that that let the right one in takes place in. But, you know, this cold like climate and like the idea that falling in love with a vampire is where in this movie, it's kind of glorified in something like let the right one in. I feel like it's more focused as like, a, yeah, it's something you wouldn't want to do because you're going to be doomed to a life of bringing you know, having to become a killer that goes out in the middle of the night and brings bodies for your vampiric soulmate to, you know, feast on until you're too old to be in a relationship with them, in which point you're more of a caretaker and then you just die while they continue to live their lives. Yeah, and it's like, what I'm learning is that the more vampire movies I watch, the the bigger dick move that you could possibly do is turn someone, you know, at a younger, <laughs> like if you if you turn a human at a very young age to a vampire, it's just it just progressively gets more dickish until you turn a vamp like a baby into a vampire. Yeah, <laughs> it's like All at right. a certain point, that's just that's just evil. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go ahead and get into what the story of this movie is, I guess. So the movie revolves around... Yes. <laughs> the movie... Let's watch this 2008 as fuck shit. Uh, the movie revolves around Bella Swan, who's played by Kristen Stewart, who... Look, I'm going to say this. This movie has people that have gone on to do stuff that are mm-hmm. actually really good actors. Like, obviously, we know now that Robert Pattinson was a pretty good actor, we know now that Kristen Stewart went on to do some really good things as well. You know, the acting in this is atrocious, but at least I can recognize that the actors in it, you know, many of them did you go on to do things. And uh, also, we have to remember that they were, a lot of them were teenagers at the time. Like, this is just a glorified, <laughs> the more I think about it, this is more of a glorified Disney movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. But yeah. So, like you were saying, uh, the movie surrounds Bella Swan, who is uh the new kid at Forks, uh, Washington, coming by way of Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, she comes from a split up family, um, and decides to move back with her dad after her mom. <laughs> After her mom <laughs> remarries a minor league baseball player. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I, you know, hey, this probably happens in real life. No, it doesn't. You can <laughs> sit there and tell me, even in the year two thousand and eight, that like minor league baseball players were making enough to support themselves, let alone a family. Yeah, minor league baseball players still don't make enough to support themselves, and uh, many of them are younger. So, like you know, yes, the fact that this woman is dating a middle-aged minor league baseball player, <laughs> there's just not much of a future in this. Sorry, guys. There is nothing right off the bat that tells me Renee is a responsible parent, and I hate being that judgmental. No, if anything, you know, her share Bella's share of father is probably the more responsible parent in this family. I mean, every time Renee, like, she and she's not in this movie too often. No, but she's like she like I do not get the vibe of a woman that moved to Phoenix. Like she could be from Sedona where she's like a turquoise farmer selling <laughs> crystals and shit. That I buy <laughs> cuz that feels more in line with or the, the decision to follow around a minor league baseball player like who's middle-aged. That that feels like that checks out a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Um... It's so bizarre, but <laughs> Right off the bat, I was dying when they explained this. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. It is a pretty ridiculous story. Um, Bellis has some, I guess, this strained relationship with her father. She hadn't seen him in a long time. Um, and it's just her for some reason, you know, like, well, she comes to adjust, I guess, tries to adjust everything, but she looks like she's probably been miserable everywhere, right? Like, <laughs> like I get a, I get very big Winona Ryder in Beetlejuice energy off of her <laughs> in, in this movie. Um, so it's, of course, it's no like secret that much like a Tim Burton character, like she will end up being the one who befriends all the freaks. 
Oh yeah, like and it's funny when she when she comes back, you find out that Forks is like a small industrial town out in like the Pacific Northwest. They really go out of their way to to really hammer home the point that it's constantly raining. Yeah. And look, as someone who has never been to Washington, this is all I have to go by. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to Washington before and it does rain quite a bit. Um but yeah, it's it's I guess the idea is that because it's such a contrast to where she used to live in, mm-hmm. you know, it's Going probably from the why desert they... to this. Yeah, like... that's probably why they keep making such a big stink about it. I know this is so. This, this is great storytelling right here. Good job, Miss Fire. I appreciate <laughs> it. Couldn't put that one together. Of <laughs> uh, the first few, the first few people that she ends up meeting in Forks are Jacob. And gosh, what is her uh his his uncle or father or who is this? Uh gentleman? his dad is Him. Billy. That so we meet Jacob and Billy Black. Yes. And uh they are from the local I'm I apologize in advance. I I forgot that this required <laughs> I'm gonna absolutely butcher this tribe's name. Uh the Quilouet. The Qui Quilouet uh Indian reservation. Mm-hmm. And uh, we find out right off the bat that um, Charlie and uh, Billy go way back and that that no one has seen Bella since she was like three years old at this point. Right. And it's funny because, you know, while they're like razzing each other, Billy and... And uh, what's his name? Charlie start like shadow boxing, <laughs> and like Billy's in a wheelchair, and yeah. like out in the middle of the road, and he's just like chasing him around in a wheelchair while Charlie just starts punching him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, like here's the thing: this happens a lot in this movie, and I'll point it out a little bit later. But you can tell this was written by someone that doesn't understand male relationships. Listen, buddy, I'm not gonna say that 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 the entire movie reminded me of this, but there's a little bit of the room energy in this. Meaning, oh my like, god, yes. People, people write again, like you said, writing relationships that don't exactly like understand the way the relationships they're writing like are. The only thing that was for someone in a tuxedo to start playing football. Listen, buddy, we're going to get a full on scene where vampires are playing baseball. And if you don't think that I wasn't thinking of that scene in the room where they're all playing football and tuxedos in this, you're absolutely wrong. Because, yes, it is, unfortunately, you know, there, there is the poor acting. And some of the bizarre situations that really just kind of turned this into, oh my god, like, why was this movie such a big hit when it came out? It has everything going against it, including itself. But again, we're going to be, again, I haven't seen this before, so I gave this movie the best chance that I could possibly give it to enjoy it. And, um... All right, once she gets settled in and you kind of see what it's like for her around Fork, she starts going to school again, which Jacob, uh, he's very much a side character in this, and he doesn't, he won't come into the forefront until the later movies in this franchise, when apparently it becomes such a big deal that the thing I remember a lot from pop culture was people choosing sides between Jacob and Edward Cullen, who we're going to meet very soon in this school but in this movie we don't see much of jacob because of course he goes to school on the reservation and bella will be going to the regular public high school and uh, any chance he gets to try to step out of the friend zone and or subplot like side of the movie in comes edward cullen to be like get the <laughs> fuck out of my movie yeah uh but, yeah um, bella's just one this is just this aloof you know pale girl that everyone is pining for and um you know besides besides jacob there's also you know one of the people in her you know the people one of the people in her friend group who she'll meet at school all her friends want to ask her out and it is crazy like i get that this is a small school and i get that this is the new girl and like that's the whole point they're trying to make is that this girl's so 
um weird and different so they're trying to make like everyone wants to know her and get to know her and like but we saw a movie where the new girl comes to school literally right before this and that was mean girls and that was way <laughs> more in line <laughs> i got I, yeah I, I got a lot of like yeah mean girls and stuff in this too it's just weird it's just, i feel like i'm catching up to an era of teen films that i had just completely <laughs> missed so it's like it is weird to like now be catching all of these like one by one. <laughs> yeah, and that's why it's funny. It's like as opposed to Mean Girls, where Katie's like this new, like the new girl, and no one gives a shit until they like push her to the forefront. In this movie, she doesn't want to be like Bella. Doesn't want to have anyone's attention, but Bella doesn't like anyone. Like it's a it's a miracle that she makes friends with anyone in this movie. And I'll say this, I do like her friends. Her friends, like, they, they do end up being, like, you know, likable enough that, like, I don't hate them. But it's just, it's weird. It's just, I don't know, man. Kristen mm. Stewart in this, everything is just her quivering voice. Like, I feel like every single line that she's told to say in this movie was, like, someone just nudging her and telling her, hey, you know, pretend you're having a hard time saying this. And she just applied, like, that logic to every single line that comes in this movie mm-hmm. because everything literally comes with a pause and a, uh, and a but... <laughs> And like and the weird stammering, yeah. He's like struggling to get words out, and it's like this is so weird, and it doesn't make sense to me. But hey, she's interesting enough that these people all make friends with her right away. Uh, they break they break down exactly how the school worked, you know, like hey, this is this is how this works, and all that kind of stuff. And this all is the, where stuff- the Asians sit, and then the cool Asians. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Bella ends up, you know, I guess uh, at some point they, they they tell Bella about like the Cullen family, who mm-hmm. are like this this like clan of <laughs> of pale white <laughs> you know teens who all like hook up with each other and they feel vaguely european like <laughs> like it's like a swinger family that <laughs> they all like you know they're all with each other and yet at the same time they're all like adopted by like this doctor who I swear to god looks like like the parents look like they're the same age as like the kids. Like it's just really bizarre to me. Everyone is dressed like they're in fucking interview for a vampire, and everyone everyone else is just like, yes, this makes sense. And then everyone's <laughs> just fucking just sucking on each other the rest of the, yeah. like all throughout the school days. Like this is perfectly normal. <laughs> no, the which hey again, good the, bringing it back to the room. Much like we talked about Tommy Wiseau looking like a vampire in this, mm-hmm. I feel like Edward Cullen is who Tommy Wiseau thinks he is. <laughs> I can't believe our 150th episode is literally <laughs> just a better version of The Room. <laughs> oh. No, I'll say this: the movie does a good job of showing that the Cullens, for some, that the Cullens are people are are weirded out by the Cullens yeah. at first. <laughs> but then when everyone starts talking about how, how fucking weird and rich they are it sounds like everyone just wants to have sex <laughs> yeah everyone is turned on by this family <laughs> actually it's bizarre uh, i don't know if they're supposed to be hated and or loved it's just it's bizarre they are lusted after because anna kendrick who's in this uh you know is one of uh Bella's friends, you know, she plays a character who's one of Bella's friends, and she ends up, you know, kind of like it, it's just funny, like her just sounding like a little bit like you know, upset or or salty about the fact that Edward Cullen does not date girls from school. Um, so clearly, everyone wants Edward, specifically, even one of his sisters, is what I later learned. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. It feels like it. Yeah, it is. There's a lot of very incestual, weird things happening here. Now, granted, sisters is in quotes, but we'll get to it. Right. They even say, hey, they're not actually related to each other. Still, it's just this weird. Like, you can imagine that this is like some weird family in the school that like probably no one wants to hang out with them anyway because they're too weird. (laughs) 
Yeah, this would not this would not be nearly as sexy in real life. Um, but yeah, it's just funny how like you know in the first few scenes where Bella and Edward run into each other, they're in together in a biology class, and I, he seems visibly repulsed by her presence. <laughs> so I'm still confused as to why he's he's supposed to be disgusted by her <laughs> because I was watching it with. I was watching with my friend and his girlfriend, and she was super into this movie. And she was like explaining to me some of the plot points as the movie was going, right? right. But for some reason, I could not comprehend why he was so disgusted by her in this scene. Dude, it's just, is it her smell? Because they make a big deal about her scent in this. So, like, my guess is <laughs> maybe she smells. I don't know. Because, yeah, no seriously, like, smells he, he seems visibly disgusted by her. And, but then, but then later, you know, after, like, a few days, because she talks about how she came back days and days later, you know, once he does come back, he, all of a sudden he's normal and friendly. So it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, I don't know, maybe her scent, like, was he wasn't grossed out but he was just surprised by the fact that it's a scent that he's never smelled before i don't know she smelled like arizona and (laughs) everyone knows arizona smells like shit (laughs) and that's why he was disgusted by her presence but But yeah i wish they doubled down and just kind of made it a little bit of a slapstick scene where he's just like puking on his way out i have to go (laughs) just throws up on a kid on his way (laughs) but yeah when he comes back he's like apparently so interested in her and obsessed with her because he can't really read what she's thinking and and i'm watching her act and i can't really read what she's thinking either (laughs) so so it's fair but i'll say this about edward that i don't like about him is i feel like he gaslights bella a lot in this (laughs) oh she's like she wants to discover like she's she's trying to find out what it is about him he's clearly weird there's clearly something supernatural about him and like he goes out of her way to out of his way to gaslight her into thinking that she's the crazy one for thinking that he's weird <laughs> he becomes fucking what ah crap which one was it that i'm thinking of uh ed bundy for like a good <laughs> 45 minutes of this movie yeah where he becomes obsessed with her, gaslights her, mistreats her, follows her around, yes. breaks into her house. Yes. Does creepy shit like watch her sleep. And the entire time this is played up to be that he's like a brooding protector and that this is all romantic. Yes. Another and- frustrating, another frustrating breaking of vampire tropes. Here is for those who don't know, vampires have to be let in to come into your house. Yep. Like Edward just comes into her house, which is absolutely a <laughs> horrifying for many reasons beyond the fact that he's a vampire, but also just like if you're just someone who's into vampire movies, part of the reason why a movie like Let the Right One In is like has the title it has. Or why the movie Let Me In has a title that it has. Or why, like, one of the most terrifying scenes I've ever seen in a movie ever in Salem's Lot was so effective is because the vampire boy comes up to the person's window and asks to be let in. You have to let vampires into your house for them to come into your house. It's such a big plot point that in Fright Night, around this time, by the way, the Fright Night around that comes out like, oh, eight goes so far as to have Colin Farrell blow up the house because he can't go inside of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it's what, again, if this movie renamed their creature something stupid, like, you know, I don't know. I can't come up with another vampire synonym. Yeah. I mean, like, (laughs) hey, hey, Edward Cullen looks very Boris Karloff Frankenstein in terms of like his box shaped like head. If you just made them like a Frankenstein monster family versus a werewolf family, I think you get a lot of the same results anyway. Shut up and take my money. I want that. I want that movie right now. Yeah, if you just call a bunch of Frankies versus Wolfies, I'll watch it. <laughs> um yeah, yeah, so but... it's 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 
again, it's, it's just really weird. But hey, apparently they are falling for each other. And really the tipping point that ends up turning the movie into a, a movie about their relationship is a scene where Bella is going back to her truck who she gets from, uh, goodness, uh, what was the... What is Jacob's father's name again? Billy. Uh, the truck that was sold to her from Billy mm-hmm. to her dad for her, you know, like this really like old truck that she like really loves. And hey, you know, hats off to her for, 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 you know, for being into that. I, you'd imagine that this is the part of the world where everyone needs to have a truck anyway because of the elements. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and <laughs> she's coming home from school or about to get into her car, leaving school one day. And she catches a glimpse of, of Edward on the other side of the parking lot. And then all of a sudden, one of her friends actually almost ends up slamming right into her car. It's not a big parking lot. I don't understand what he was doing that he got distracted. This guy was like sideshow driving inside his school's parking lot for absolutely no reason and nearly kills tell me when to go and he's just and nearly kills one of his classmates uh but of course edward comes in and like you know saves her from getting crushed and like is able to basically race over to where she is from all the way to the other side of the parking lot and bella basically faints over it and that's where she ends up in the hospital with uh you know, Edward's brother dad. <laughs> you mean Carlisle? Yeah, Carlisle. <laughs> My favorite part is that she confronts Edward. Uh, I saw you stop that truck with your hand. No, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> try to lie or be like, or like, no, you just hopped up on drugs. <laughs> the mean is just commit to the lie, but don't say anything else. No, yeah, he's absolutely like just telling her, no, you're absolutely wrong. You did not see what you thought you saw. Do you hear yourself that I <laughs> you stopped hear the how car? insane you sound? Jeez, lady. It's, God, you're so obsessed with me. Stop smelling like Arizona. <laughs> uh, pretty much from here, she starts doing her research, and this takes us into like, uh, like takes us into her like talking to Jacob and finding out that there's um, like that there's been a long-standing like animosity between the Cullens and the Quillettes. Um, And I'll say this, I, a very overused trope in like monster movies that I hope that we get over it now is the vampires versus werewolves one, (laughs) because around this time, besides Twilight, there was also that underworld series, right? That was just a lot of this stuff. And I feel like people are always obsessed with shoehorning werewolves and vampires into these things inherently and uh i'm just very glad we're past that now and just because i said that now we're gonna end up back there again watch it's gonna be underworld seven thanks to you you've (laughs) spoken into existence (laughs) i will say that what i do like about this is you know you get the friendship between bella and her friends you know so where I guess like you know her friend Jessica was played by Anna Kendrick and and Angela who's played by the great Christian Serratos who I don't know if you've seen it but she most recently she was uh played Selena in that Selena series on Netflix Oh I never seen it and wow. she's also been in Fear of the Walking Dead so she's I'm glad to see her continuing to work and I'm surprised that she was in something this long ago <laughs> like I this is like man this movie is it 08 like I thought she was a much younger actress than than apparently she is because for her to have been in this movie with Kristen Stewart and Anna Kendrick back in 08 like she's probably quite a bit older than I than I even imagined Oh yeah she's got to be probably like late 20s to early 30s at this point Right right yeah but um but yeah like you were saying that she tries to like still hang out with her friends she gets invited uh to go like to like they go surfing and she tries to invite uh edward 
But, you know, that's when she starts noticing that whenever the weather is nice, the Cullens tend to leave all the Cullens, including Edward. Um, they'll be gone while, like, when the sun's out. Mm-hmm. Um, but they'll come back once, like, the overcast skies are back. Um, and that he has, like, a tendency to kind of, like, he's very, he's very, um, He's very uh keeps her at arm's length where he some days he's really cool and wants to hang out with her and other days like wants nothing to do with her. Mm-hmm. And again, it's it's like it borders on emotional manipulation played up for trying to make him seem mysterious. Yeah. <laughs> and so I yeah, around that time is where uh Jacob starts telling Bella about like you know, to, to that the Collins are on what they seem, uh, and she does uh, her own research where she finds out that the Coilettes have been fighting off kind of like these cold monsters. I think it's something that it translates mm-hmm. to for like generations. Um, and she thinks that, and after a while, she starts thinking that Edward, um, is must be like one of these, uh, one of these vampires. Yeah. Especially after he saves her the second time, which is when they ride out to like another podunk little town in Washington that was like an hour away from their town. Yes. Oh, and let me just before we move on to this, the irony is not lost upon me that uh, that the pale faced demons known as the Cullens are not a, are not allowed on the reservation. <laughs> You're like as it should be, <laughs> as it should be. All I can think of is the cheap <laughs> from the Parks cheap and Recreation, Recreation. From the Wallapoke. Yeah, I know. Very oh. limited. My sorry, it's just the 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 unfortunately, you know, Native American representation has been so lacking in pop culture that <laughs> that of course what we think of is like. The Wamapoke chief from Parks and Recreation. <laughs> I only know two things about white people. One is that they are deathly afraid of curses, and two is that they love Rachel Ray. <laughs> but yes, as you were saying, they were they're in another town shopping, another nearby town. And, uh, you know, Bella is so disinterested in this prom that all of her other friends are interested in because apparently she, she had zero dancing skills. And you know, tee tee my social awkwardness. I can't be a part of and enjoy all these things with you. Um, you guys, stop! I'm shy. <laughs> I don't like dancing. So uh, she ends up, you know, yeah, going to a. I'll say this: this really nice, like bookstore. This like th- these towns and a lot of these sets are so interesting. And like, there's always a part of me. It's like, yeah, it's like I I do appreciate and like the world that this movie exists in. Oh, I love small town aesthetics. And yeah. I love when movies do a good job of capturing small town aesthetics. And I'll give like, them credit for that. I'll give them credit for doing this, for 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 just capturing such a such an interesting looking place. Like I love the diner that they're that that Charlie refuses to like cook food at home, so all he does <laughs> is eat at the diner in town. Yeah. Like I love the diner. They they definitely captured what a greasy spoon diner feels like. Um and yeah, I think it's during I think it's during this scene, like the the girls get separated, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where one of them or the two, like Anna Kendrick, and I forget the other girl's name. Um, like they want to go look at dresses, but like you said, how Bella is just so disinterested, she yeah. goes to the bookstore and just kind of goes around. Which I think one of the books she's getting is specifically like her trying to find out more, right? Like about mm-hmm. this kind of like local lore. And they get, I remember, if I remember correctly, they get confronted by these grown ass men earlier, but kind of blow them off. Yes. And, and then once again, she gets confronted by these four like drunk dudes. They, this is a very bar. dark scene, by the way, like darker than anything else that this movie does, more oh, horrific this... than anything that, that this movie filled with characters that are most associated with horror. Have this movie's is... a decom up until this very dark scene <laughs> when she almost gets fucking like, yeah. like murdered. Yeah. 
And it's like, like as um, you know, as she's become surrounded, suddenly this Lexus comes flying out <laughs> and like scares the dudes away. And turns out it's Edward, who you know just happened to be in the area. Yeah, you literally could have played the Batman like theme when he's like driving, <laughs> when he just like shoots through fire in the Batmobile. <laughs> like that's how quickly he shows up to rescue her. There's something in the way. <laughs> Starts kicking the shit out of the guys. <laughs> oh. So he ends up picking up um, Bella and driving away. When they meet up with the girls, um, he kind she kind of downplays what she went through. Uh, but she tells them that you know to head back home and that she was gonna hang out with, with Edward uh, pretty much the rest of the night. Mm-hmm. And um, and yeah, after after that night, you know, Ed, Edward takes Bella out into the woods mm-hmm. in what should be a very terrifying scene, in my opinion. <laughs> Because at this point, everything he's done makes me think that he's going to murder her out in those woods. <laughs> yeah. Before you even realize that he's actually a vampire, he you know, literally acts like a serial killer. So I'm like, he's going to Ted Bundy your ass out here. I already know it. <laughs> but when they get out there, he starts like egging her on and talking about, you know, like the folklore and that he knows what she's been doing and that if she knows what he is, then to just say it. And then she's like, you're a vampire. <laughs> and then he starts like running around her and being like, you should be afraid of me. Don't you know that I, I'm a killer? I'm like the perfect killer. If you try to run away, I mean, I would just catch you anyway. <laughs> like, I'm no good for you. <laughs> I'm no good for you, but don't. But I will kill you if you try to run away. <laughs> Like, there's uh, nothing to make me feel reassured by this character in this scene. Yeah. So, after revealing who he truly is to her, um, including showing himself in the sunlight, because this is what the skin of a killer looks like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we find out that the reason they can't go in the sunlight is because they, they, they're like diamonds. They're like made of diamonds or something on their skin. And they shine bright like adorable diamonds. <laughs> adorable murderous diamonds. Um, which I thought, I mean, look, here's the thing. Again, name them anything else. This is interesting. Yes. Uh, you go like, in the full You know literally like the scene where 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 they're like laying in the grass and Edward finally starts sparkling and stuff like that. Because I, I was curious as to what that was going to look like. Because I always heard sparkling vampires, but I'd never seen what it looked like. Mm-hmm. It's like it's just it's very X Men to me. Like, I, yeah. like I, to the point where I looked at my wife, I was like, yeah, I was like it looks like Emma Frost. Like, you like I was like, it looks like the effects that you would put on Emma Frost in X Men. Like, <laughs> so yeah, there's nothing inherently vampiric about it. But it's just, yeah, this is, again, this is now we're in the crux of where the movie is going to exist, and you're either going to ride with it or you're not. Mm-hmm. And again, for the sake of this podcast, of course, I'm going to have to accept what the movie's telling me. So, <clears throat> so mind you, this is a two-hour movie. This has been about an hour and 15. <laughs> yeah. So, surprisingly... This movie pays pretty well. <laughs> no, it's pretty brisk because I've gone through so much of this already. And now, like, the one thing I hadn't thought about yet, even though we had seen a couple of those scenes where we're watching humans get ripped apart by vampires. And originally, obviously, you're left to assume that it's, like, people who are in Edward's brood are actually going out and committing murders, you know? And also just, it just makes you think of something like Lost Boys, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, another vamp, another teen vampire movie where it's, like, uh, you get... You know the e you have the the non super evil vampires and then you have the good vampires. I mean the non evil vampires and the very evil vampires mm-hmm. uh, that are that are like you know out killing people in the middle of the night. So <clears throat> yeah, at first you're assuming that that that's who these people are, but then obviously Edward explains that hey, we only eat animals, we don't you know eat people. So then of course you now you have to assume that that there's someone else, a third party that's going to exist in this. 
And, you know, part of it makes you think it's Jacob because I just I know this the history of this franchise that goes on beyond that. So I was very surprised when <laughs> when this movie continues, like in in the next few minutes, as Bella does become more included into this brood of Edwards and ends up like meeting his family mm-hmm. and uh you know, they end up having that bizarre scene where all of them decide that they want to go play baseball because that's like an inherently human activity, I guess. And well, it's just like, is if does this only exist because you know to to give Bella some kind of like, I don't know, like isn't like her stepfather is a <laughs> her stepfather is a is you know is an amateur baseball player, so. I I don't know. It's like they're bringing it back to baseball again for some bizarre reason that I don't understand. Maybe. I think they explain, like, the way they write it off is that she, or that they, I mean, um, when they, they, they can let loose and, like, they wait for storms to come so that they can play baseball because they're so strong when they hit the ball, it makes thunder. <laughs> so I guess it's got like you said, it's kind of their way to play to pretend they're still human. Yes. Um also I really think that scene is literally just a vehicle for that song. Like Yeah. I forget what the song is. It's um Oh god, I used to listen to that band. I think it was Kings of Leon. <laughs> Again. This is such a like time like this is such a time capsule movie like it encompasses so much of like bands from two thousand like seriously to like to the point where like I'm very curious as to who the audience for this episode is gonna be like apparently <laughs> us like yeah because like you would think that it would be like younger people but again it's like no it's like th- this is very much a two thousand and eight movie and a lot of people who are younger people now were kids in 2008 <laughs> yeah dude like but like now that i'm looking at the music like yeah this movie had like lincoln park and uh freaking views and had mm-hmm. uh paramore like that's all shit i listen to yeah <laughs> i think it, i think as the series progresses is when it becomes more like this obscure folksy <laughs> like like brooding music i don't know yeah but um, but yeah, like you're like you were saying, um, as we as we learn more about like the history of all the uh of all the vampire kids, like we learn that um we learn that Edward was a uh like he was stricken with the black lung. <laughs> no, I think he was like dying of the Spanish flu back in like 1918, and his mom asked uh Carlisle to save him at by any means. So he was essentially Carlisle was just living and turning kids into vampires to save them from dying from these like horrible diseases. So that's how he created like the, the essentially the Cullen family, including his wife. Um, and yeah, it's like we see that they start dating. Uh, we see this switch in Edward where he starts like being more social and hanging out with Bella and her friends. Uh, kind of separating himself more from the Cullen family, much to the blonde sisters like super dismay, because I guess what I found out was she was supposed to be the one that was supposed to pair up with Edward, but they didn't like each other or something, so she ended up with the more the 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 jockey bro one. Um, and then meanwhile, uh. <laughs> Meanwhile, Bella's getting closer to the family and they're learning to like appreciate her. I love the scene where she goes over for dinner or they invite her over for dinner and she's like, Oh no, don't worry, you don't have to make anything for me. I already ate. And then the blonde <laughs> sister gets super pissed. <laughs> she like smashes the bowl. And she's like, You bitch. <laughs> And I'm like, I get it because, and I'm like, because vampires don't need to eat, so they probably had to go buy the food. Yes, <laughs> it was just hilarious how pissed off she got. <laughs> and then, yeah, like you were saying, this takes us to the best scene in the movie, baby—the good old baseball scene. Oh, uh, And as like the Cullen family are playing a very bastardized version of baseball, with, like, <laughs> six people. 
um, you know, interspersed, we get that there's a trio of what I can only assume is like a weird exhibitionist couple and a guy that's not Don Cheadle. Like, mm-hmm. and as they approach, um, you know, they've been picking up on Bella's scent and they get close to they end up confronting the Cullens about like their their hunting grounds and they're talking about how they're nomadic and they're just kind of passing through um they mentioned that they were being hunted by the humans but that they led the humans on a different um on a different route um and at one point um you know after they kind of uh, placate uh, James, Victoria, and Laurent. Uh, Laurent. Um, no, wait. Yeah, once they placate, uh, I think it's James is like the evil one, right? Mm-hmm. Which, did you recognize him from Violent Night? No. Yeah, that's the... <laughs> he's the... Um, uh, he's the boyfriend of the uh, of the aunt. What? The one that was making movies for <gasps> eight, uh, out in Asia. Oh, yeah, a little callback to Violent Night. <laughs> nice, love it too. And he's like kind of like a, I mean, he's like they make fun of him in that movie, basically. Oh, essentially, yeah, yeah, because he's like he he's an action actor who's like full of himself. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, when James uh, he picks up on Bella's scent and confronts the. Uh, the Collins, who essentially force him to stand down. Mm-hmm. Um, however, he has picked up on her and will now stop at nothing until she belongs to him. Yeah, which is like a very sudden thing. This is the one thing where I was like very shocked that all of a sudden he's going to be the villain of this movie. Mm-hmm. Like a guy who has been on the outside of this movie the entire film. Edward shows up and then he goes, no, we got to get you out of here because uh, this guy's picked up your scent and he's excited by it. And he's basically going to follow you until you die now. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Oh, God. The smell of Arizona made him horny. We need to get <laughs> you out of here. <laughs> oh. So from there, they come up with a super complicated plot where she goes to dinner with her dad Oh no, that's the scene I wanted to talk about, but it's not that important. We can skip it. <laughs> but yeah, she ha- she ends up going home, collecting some stuff, has this huge blow-up argument with Charlie, um, talking about how she wants to move back with her mom because he's been a terrible, suffocating father, even you're, though he's literally you're, let her do whatever she wanted. <laughs> you're 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 a terrible dad, and and I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm leaving. And then does that weird awkward run. <laughs> <laughs> and then um so the Cullens decide that they're gonna split up into like threes um to try to to try to cover up where uh Bella's going. Um meanwhile Carlisle, Edward, and I forgot who else they were gonna go like hunting after uh mm-hmm. James, who's separated from the rest of the group. Um unfortunately this is like the least interesting part of the movie like this is where it's actually the most action oriented and it's the quote-unquote plot that's going to set up like the climax of the movie Mm -hmm. but yeah i feel like it's so kind of disconnected from the rest of this that that i i'm very not into it (laughs) i'm honestly like just get me to the part where they start superhuman fighting like yeah i don't give a shit about anything else yeah like literally watching bella go through all the hoops that she does to to run away from her dad and Mm -hmm. like leave everyone behind so that she doesn't put anyone else in danger i'm like all right hurry up let's get to the let's get to vampire fights here (laughs) yeah james ends up luring uh bella back to arizona using a camcorder with uh, i think it was with renee's voice on it implying that he knows where her mom is and that if she doesn't uh show up that she's gonna that he's gonna end up killing her um and he ends up and i forget if, if it comes up in a vision or something like that Mm-hmm. Because I remember there is one of the freaky vampire girls that gets like um visions of the future, but she sees like an old dance studio like catching on fire, which Bella recognizes her old ballet studio from when she was a kid. Mm-hmm. 
So when they go out to confront James, he ends up getting attacked, or she, uh, Belle ends up getting attacked by James and infected with the vampire venom, which, if uh, spreads throughout her entire body, will turn her into a vampire. Um, Edward gets there just in the nick of time, and they get this heated vampire slap fight where they're just like <laughs> throwing each other all over the studio. <laughs> vampire slap fight it makes me think of like those like that you know those like viral videos of like people like slapping each other like on youtube and stuff like that yeah <laughs> that Dana fight has actually turned into like a concussion league that should be shut down immediately but yeah <laughs> i would love vampire slap fights in real life <laughs> And it's like, uh, and you know, while they're fighting, um, what's it called? Uh, the oh, the Cullens end up uh, coming in and helping uh, Edward once he starts getting that work. Um, and I remember thinking, I'm like, wait, don't they like murder the shit out of this guy? And because I remember they, you know, Carlisle tells Edward that uh, to come over and help him with Bella. The, mm-hmm. And then the other siblings, like, t- you know, tackle the dude and just start fucking... They jump him, essentially. Oh, yeah. No, they tell you that the way to get rid of them is to actually behead them. So this and guy the, is going to be absolutely mutilated. And my favorite part is, like, the pixie girl is the one that jumps on top of the dude and just rips his fucking head off, <laughs> like, in the background in soft focus. And I was like, oh, shit, that was really cool. Yeah, it gets the brutality gets turned up to fifteen here. After that, there. Meanwhile, the while the rest of the Cullens are like breaking apart a bunch of the wood so that they can set fire to the body, ensuring that James won't return. Um, Edward ends up uh sucking the blood out of Bella that has been infected, um, and keeping her from becoming a vampire. So. After all this, they find out that she has a broken leg. Um, and she ends up deciding to return to Forks after all that, after her mom decided she would uh you know tells her she'll even come back. Oh, to, she uh, doesn't oh she doesn't want to go move in with her <laughs> with her mother <laughs> and, and semi-pro baseball player stepfather. Nah, um, what if she's surprised. like, I'm cool off that? <laughs> Probably like a one bedroom hotel. <laughs> yeah. But apparently it's like a house in Jacksonville or something. Right? They can but... eat my ass if they, <laughs> they can convince anyone that a minor league baseball players get a house in Jacksonville. <laughs> that is an egregious fucking lie that of everything this movie's got it wrong about vampires that is the one that just pissed me off the most offensive one really is this like to the point where dude like like minor league baseball players were seriously striking during the pandemic because they weren't even getting paid and even when they do get paid they're barely getting paid anything <laughs> And another thing too, like where we where we even we talk about like G League basketball players don't even get played that but don't even get paid that much. So not, not even close. So for this movie to try to deposit the idea. Oh my no I'm so furious right now. Nothing else in this movie has bothered me more than that. <laughs> Oh. oh man so they end up getting back to forks just in time for prom yay they only had to and... mutilate someone to do it to get there but here we are no it's okay they can just like rewrite her memory she won't remember the... she won't remember the trauma now we can get back to you being cute and like you know stepping on edward's feet and that's how you dance because you really can't dance apparently um I mean, she's got the giant, she's got the giant boot, and apparently she's got cow's hooves for feet. <laughs> oh my god! So, um, yeah, she ends up, um, she uh, ends up uh, going. They have their little dance, completely well, unknowing that, that James's actually... lover Victoria is hunting them down, setting up the sequel essentially. 
Yeah. And then there was also like a scene before the prom too, where she like sits at a bench and Jacob shows up and he and Edward like give each other this look like, like they're about to fight each other in sequels. So <laughs> y'all going to fight or fuck good. <laughs> and yeah, that, that's twilight and yep. um, roll credits. That's our movie. So Javi, uh-huh. <laughs> do you like twilight? Uh, it's hard because I don't think I like it, but I don't hate it. Like it's one of those it it, it exists in this weird thing. Yeah, like honestly, I would agree with you. Like, I mean, I've had fun kind of making fun of some of it, mm-hmm. but I didn't hate it. Like, and even when I watched it, even though there was parts that actually audibly made me laugh, and I did think we're kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, I I enjoyed this enough that if we are ever to come back to this franchise again and watch more movies i'm curious to see where this continues to go i mean honestly like um, from a technical perspective the movie's well paced yes like even though you don't see your villain till what an hour and 20 minutes into the movie it doesn't overstay its welcome Mm -hmm. and because the villain isn't particularly interesting i don't mind that they waited so long to introduce the villain yeah, they they were more worried about building the world, building the relationships, establishing lore, which they knew this they this was going to be a fucking like saga. So they were like, let's lay down the bones now, well, so that credit, we don't have to worry credit about for that it. too. Because oh eight is the year that Iron Man comes out, like the first Marvel cinematic movie comes out that year. Mm-hmm. So like this wasn't even something that everyone was doing yet, you know? Like, mm-hmm. again, maybe only Harry Potter did it, but it it still wasn't super common to do this kind of, like, world-building, episodic, like, movie series. So I give them a lot of credit for being among the first to do it. And, you know, like, special effects-wise, it's not terrible. Like, no, I think they knew how to play with what they had. Um, Like, it was one of those things where, like, yeah, if you can't, render in cgi a really good way for a vampire to get its head ripped off yeah just put in the distance it's fine like the brutality is still there there's a simplicity Um, to it that's that's good i mean granted yeah there's shitty performances i chalk that up to them being young actors Mm -hmm. um there is terrible writing of course i mean it's a teen book series written by a mormon woman with repressed sexual feelings <laughs> yeah if you want to see a movie about a you know teen vampire love story that's probably more true to the, the what what it would be like again something like let the right one in or let me in is where you'd want to go i mm-hmm. think it's dark i think there's really good horror elements to something like that and it gives you more of a you know of of a realistic idea of what this would play out as than something like this but as you said it is it is kind of unfortunately the victim of the person who wrote it and Mm -hmm. uh you know hey but it had an audience it had an audience and it had such a big moment in pop culture for about four or five years that uh yeah i think it deserves its credit for that yeah like i'd watch it again I don't know if I'd watch it like immediately after. Yeah. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like, know when I'll come back to it. This movie isn't going on any like top 10, top 20 lists. Yeah. But, I don't know like, when I'll know. come back to it, but I'm not going to fight somebody for putting it on. I know. Exactly. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with it. <laughs> All right. So we'd like to thank you guys for joining us for this episode of the show. And thank you for giving us the idea to review this movie. Um, Again, also, thank you guys for waiting for me while I, you know, kind of recovered from COVID a bit before <laughs> before I could record this episode. Um, and I'm very excited that we finally hit episode 150. It's pretty cool that we're continuing to do this. And um, and I think, dude, it's just this feels like an exciting year for movies. So I think, you know, I'm really having a good time reviewing a lot of movies that we haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to what we're doing next week. Because speaking of me having COVID, the movie that we were that we're planning on doing after our 150th episode and that we will be reviewing next week is available on Peacock right now. And it's called Sick. And Ooh. it's essentially a horror movie that takes place during the pandemic about a group of friends that go off to a vacation house. And apparently it has to do with COVID. 
but it's also like a really interesting horror movie that uh yeah i'm very curious to see because i haven't seen yet we promise it's not cabin fever okay no i don't believe so and it seems like there's a little bit of horror comedy involved in it as well so i'm looking forward to to the movie itself sounds good so yeah thanks for joining us for this episode please continue to interact with us with us on social media on our instagram page please leave us reviews and ratings on apple Podcasts if you can rate the show on spotify if you can uh to help you know raise the awareness for the show and uh we're very excited to come back and give you another episode next week so can't wait for you guys to watch sick on peacock and uh and come back next week to hear us talk about it so talk to you guys next time later y'all